It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. As we, uh, you know, I kind of yesterday as I was leaving work, I said, you know, tomorrow's going to be a little tough. It's going to be, what am I going to talk about? It's going to be a little slim. No NFL tonight. No college football tonight. Uh, A little bit, I'm like, Major League Baseball, because basketball's done. I'm like, huh, a little bit of a lull. And then, boom, as the uh, the evening struck, uh, Alabama's coach Nick Saban and, and athletic director Greg Byrne uh, announces yesterday, I guess the story, 5.48 p.m. is when Mark Schlebaugh dropped this article, have tested positive for COVID-19. I'm like, whoa, like he is mortal. Like, things do happen to Alabama. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what does this mean? You know, how is this going to impact, you you know, moving forward? Because contact tracing and et cetera, you know, all this this different stuff – what what's the uh, the the impact? What's the uh, what's the trickle down effect of the head guy at Alabama having COVID nineteen? Because again, this weekend, Alabama Georgia, arguably the biggest game of the college football season in the Southeastern Conference is this game. Uh, again, a lot of people can say Georgia Florida, what have you, but this is East versus West. This is Saban versus Smart. This is, you know, probably one of the better opportunities that Smart has had since the national championship game uh, to to battle his his former uh, boss and uh, and really maybe but break that twenty one and zero record that Saban has against his assistants. But you know, uh, as it as it kind of unfolded out, and, and the thing is, is this has been a rough couple of days for the Southeastern Conference, Florida announces their outbreak. I think it's up to 21 players now have tested positive. So yesterday they went ahead and postponed uh, that football game. But but yesterday, just a tough day for, for Southeastern Conference COVID-related issues as uh, Alabama football coach Nick Saban has tested positive uh, and he's self-isolating at his home and will continue to oversee team practices via Zoom. That's the headline. Athletic Director Greg Byrne also tested positive on Wednesday. It'd be interesting if Burns gave it to, to Saban or if Saban gave it to Burns or if they're not related. It's it's kind of interesting. But it said, I found out earlier this afternoon that I had tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Saban said in a statement, he said, I immediately left work and isolated at home. At this time, I do not have any symptoms related to COVID and I have taken another PCR test to confirm my diagnosis again those results had not returned yet the second ranked crimson tide play host to third ranked georgia this saturday uh, evening Uh, saban who's working from his home was upbeat as he addressed reporters on a zoom call wednesday 
basically joking that sometimes something must be bad wrong as much as I look forward to these Wednesday press conferences for me not to be there. Sarcasm was uh, at an all-time high. Uh, Saban, 68 years old, said he was feeling fine before the positive test, and actually uh, it kind of surprised him. He said, I feel fine, so I'm really not concerned that much about my health, but you never know. Uh, He said, look, I basically feel like uh, when we're in our own personal bubble here, everybody is a much safer place. I think as soon as you travel, you get exposed uh, to a lot more things and a lot more people. Saban said he informed his players on his positive test in a Zoom call at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. He said his message to players have been to assume that anyone that come into contact with may be infected and that you need to, you need to be cautious as such. Uh, Alabama plans to test everybody within the football program on Thursday. The program began daily testing for its players in September. Uh, Saban said he was able to monitor practice on Wednesday via Zoom and could talk on the phone with a staff member if he saw anything that needed correction. He said, I had the manager have a phone. He said, if I wanted a play repeated, I said, repeat that play. So-and-so messed up. I didn't leave the country. I'm just right down the street, and we have this technology, so it's really kind of unique. I I could just see him, you know, because a lot of times when he's on the practice field or whatever, he's got that big hat, and he's got the the readers down around his nose, and I could just see him, you know, kind of being in his living room or den or whatever, uh, probably 10 rooms he's got in his house, uh, talking about, uh, you know what he's uh, what he's seeing on a on a screen and and based on the delay, <laughs> I could see the practice kind of having a little hitch in its giddy up. But uh, from a from a boots on the ground standpoint, Steve Sarkeesian has been put in, in into uh, I guess operations role. Uh, former head coach at Washington and Southern California, uh, Saban said that it hasn't been. Uh, decided how much uh, autonomy, how much decision-making ability uh, Steve Sarkeesian will have. Uh, Saban said he wondered whether he'd be able uh, to have communication with coaches during a game, adding we'll have to research and sort of figure that one out. Uh, that that one is quickly answered uh, by the talking heads as, as somebody got a hold of a copy of the 2020 NCAA football play interpretations makes clear that no such communication – will be allowed when a coach is away under quarantine. Rule 1-4-11B, if you're taking notes, is very specific and allows only voice communication between the press box and the team area. Therefore, a coach could not call into the press box or sideline for anything related to coaching purposes. Uh, the rules state. Alabama team physicians Jimmy Robinson and Jeff Allen said Saban and Byrne were the only two individuals who tested positive at this point in time and explained the school would follow the SEC's return to activity and medical guidance protocol for testing asymptomatic positive. Today I received notice uh, that my COVID test came back positive. This is Greg Byrne now. Uh, He said, upon hearing the news, I left, uh, got into self-isolation, and will remain at home and follow all guidelines. We've been diligent about mask wearing and social distancing from the start, and want to continue to encourage you all to take the necessary precautions to help stop the spread of the virus. I don't know. Thursday's getting me. CDC guidelines say that those with positive tests must isolate for 10 days and contact tracing require a 14-day 
quarantine. Saban is one of now a handful of FBS coaches to test positive. Uh, Those names include Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, Florida State's Mike Norvell. Not sure he just didn't want to be away from Florida State. Kansas State, or Kansas's Les Miles, Toledo's Jason Candle, and Arkansas State's Blake Anderson. Again, now you can add Alabama, Nick Saban to that list. So, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Obviously, given the rules, uh, he will not be able to be on the sideline uh, for Saturday's game, nor will he be able to call in and coach via some technology. So what does this do to Alabama? Uh, Alabama, of course, struggled with Ole Miss uh, this past weekend, giving up the most points allowed in the Nick Saban era. I'm not sure that his temperature going up uh, didn't uh, didn't spark a positive test. That's a joke, but seriously, uh, an irate level of Nick Saban was on that sideline. A lot of discussion came about the 21-0 and record he has against his former assistants. Does that come into play this weekend? You know, if Kirby Smart and Georgia beat Alabama, but Nick Saban's not on the sideline, does it count? I mean, I say no. I don't think it does. I think I think Saban not being on the sideline, I mean, it's he's not there. He's not coaching. Basically, Kirby Smart at that point would have beaten Steve Sarkeesian which I feel like is, I mean, it's like showing up to Disney World and seeing Chuck E. Cheese. It's just not what you paid for. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately, and I'm making a bunch of jokes about this, but I think ultimately, you know, Alabama's going to do what they need to do uh, to get the guys ready. Saban's going to be, he's going to be talking to every single person via Zoom. He's going to be coaching via Zoom. He's going to be doing everything right up until game time if he's not able to be somewhat interactive during the game, I'm sorry, you know, 11 or, you know, I guess 11 o'clock bedtime on a, on a, on a night where you got to get up, it's not necessarily the best, but that's baseball for you. But I, I think Saban wants to be there, but I think Saban understands you got to follow the rule. You got to be the example. And so we'll, uh, we'll see necessarily how this shakes out, but I think today's tests are going to be telling, uh, with, with Saban being asymptomatic, I'm, I'm interested whether that second test uh, will either validate or add more confusion to his positive test, and uh, and, and then ultimately, if if indeed it is positive again, does anybody that he came in contact with? Because Saban's kind of all inclusive. I mean, he has coaching meetings for. I had I just had to get that out. I mean, it it was coming. It was beating me in the in the forehead. So, uh, but. He has team meetings every day with his coaches. He's he's exposing himself. That probably doesn't sound the best. He ex, He's exposed to a lot of different players, a lot of different position groups, a lot of different areas for a long time every day. Uh, you, you know, the the thing is, is and, and through the research, you don't show positive until you, you've been infected, and I'm using air quotes, for a long time or for several days. So, I'll be interested in how these Thursday tests show up for, for Alabama. Uh, again, Florida, once they started getting positives, it kind of run amok. But I think this is huge for Alabama, especially, like I said, this in, in my opinion, this Alabama-Georgia game this Saturday, probably the marquee matchup of, uh, of this week by far, but probably, 
possibly, arguably, of the SEC slate. This is a this is a clash of 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 probably a rematch of 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 Atlanta, a very possible rematch of what's going to go on in Atlanta. Because really, if you look at it, who's gonna who's gonna compete with Alabama uh, in in the West as as it sits right now? I mean, everybody can say you know Alabama struggled with Ole Miss. Winnings with struggle is still winning, so uh, they're they're still right there. Auburn is always an asterisk for Alabama, but LSU, I don't think they're an issue. Uh, again, the big the billing for for Masters weekend was the fact that they were going to have the 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 Masters on early in the morning, early in the morning, and then go uh, to LSU Alabama. That's probably going to be a letdown now as Alabama's probably going to thump LSU pretty hard. But A&M's already been beat bomb. Ole Miss already been beat bomb. Mississippi State, barring just some scary moment and, and they find themselves again, uh, they're a one-hit wonder at this point. And, and they're probably going to get smoked by Alabama too. So to me, Alabama possibly in the next two or three weeks are going to punch their ticket to, to Atlanta regardless. Georgia, they've got a little bit of work to do. They've gotten through um, – Tennessee, they're going to have to play Florida here in a couple weeks if Florida can get back on the football field. And ultimately, their team, if they play to the caliber they played a week ago, they're the best team in the East. Uh, Florida took a loss to A&M. That's going to put them behind the eight ball in conference play. I, I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's Georgia's East to lose. And I know we're just three games in. But, uh, y- you know, I think you take it. Uh, for what it is, and uh, and and you let this game be played this weekend and see what happens. But uh, to me, uh, long story short, Alabama uh, Nick Nick Saban, Greg Byrne, athletic director, uh, has tested positive for COVID. Can they play or can they coach on the sideline on Saturday? No. So does the impact to the twenty one and zero against former assistants impact Saban? I say no, and uh, ultimately. Uh, He's just got to. He's just got to get cleared up, uh, get a negative, and then get back to work. Uh, I know he'll he'll be kind of his wife will be ready for him to go back to work too. I'd say because uh, she's probably not used to that much yelling at home. So uh, Miss Terry will have to have to tune him up a little bit. I'm sure from time to time. But uh, you know, COVID was uh, not only in Tuscaloosa yesterday. Uh, COVID was really impacting uh, the LSU Florida game. Uh, as we, we talked about yesterday, it was like 16 or to 19 uh, positive tests for the Gators. That is now inflated to 21 players. Uh, again, Saturday's game has now been postponed as, as they saw a significant spike again in COVID-19 tests. Uh, the game has ten, tentatively been rescheduled for the SEC's built-in bye week on December the 12th, which is the week right before the SEC championship game. Uh, the SEC said on Twitter that the game was postponed after positive test and subsequent quarantine of individuals within the Florida football program. Uh, Florida now has 21 uh, active scholarship players and or 18 scholarship players, three walk-ons uh, that have tested positive uh, since or as of Wednesday afternoon. He said the players and staff who tested positive are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. Strickland said he is not uh, does not have the exact number of players who are now under contact trace quarantine, but are adding uh, that the positive cases and non-COVID-related injured players uh, has Florida at less than 50 scholarship players 
available. The SEC's return to activity and medical guidance says uh, the team must have at least 53 scholarship players to play a game, including seven offensive linemen with one center, four defensive linemen, and one quarterback. I guess those uh, just got to have the bigs and got to have a, a QB. Uh, it can sneak up on you in a hurry, Strickland said. He said the key thing is you've got to be able to push the break. When things start to occur like what we're seeing right now, you've got to be willing to hit pause occasionally. And the SEC schedule was set up with an event like this in mind. Florida shut its football program down Tuesday and, of course, will not play LSU this weekend, you, you know, a, as normally scheduled. But Strickland said that there is suspicion that the trip to play A&M in College Station this past weekend is a root of the outbreak. However, a couple of UF players said they had allergy-type symptoms before leaving for the game and didn't report it to Florida officials. Uh, Strickland said he learned early Monday that players were reporting symptoms and the standard Sunday testing revealed multiple positives. This is when Florida started doing daily testing and the numbers have increased since then. Strickland said the team would continue doing daily testing until the spread is under control. Uh, Florida coach Dan Mullen on Wednesday uh, basically backed off the uh, opportunity or the, the statement that was made about him wanting Ben Hill Griffin Stadium to be packed uh, come come the game versus LSU. Uh, citing a recent decision by Florida Governor Ron uh, DeSantis uh, to lift COVID-19 restrictions that had limited the size of public gatherings. He said, uh, uh, you know, maybe we, we are to look at this a little different, but he said this is the second SEC game this week that has been postponed joining the Missouri Vandy game as a shift. Because Florida has so many players who are positive and in quarantine, next week's game against Missouri could also potentially be in jeopardy. CDC guidelines say those with positive tests must isolate for 10 days, while contact tracing requires a 14-day quarantine. Strickland said it was too early to know whether the Missouri game would have to be postponed as well. He said it's hard to speculate right now. Obviously, we'll be in communication with the SEC and probably get Missouri, uh, obviously, and, and our next opponent uh, kind of involved. Uh, he said, we'll continue, and I said, our regular testing protocol for those who aren't in quarantine, and hopefully we don't have any more positives, and we're able to get on the other side of this and then get everything back in the situation where you can go compete again. Uh, talking about that, they've used the built-in week uh, between the end of the regular season and uh, the, their matchup. Uh, in the SEC championship, I, I don't see, especially in a COVID-19 year, what, what do you do? Do you, do you postpone uh, the, the next game to what? What do you do if, if, if obviously Florida with the 10 and 14 day protocol, I mean, to me, do you, do you, do you make them forfeit that game? Because the one built in week has been exhausted. Now, there's, there's a real possibility that Missouri and Florida, neither one, are in, impacted in the SEC championship, and maybe that decision has been made. But what happens if Florida comes out of this deal and gets on a tear? What happens if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, some things happen that, that Georgia stumbles and, and a lot of these, these postponed games all of a sudden become a, uh, a real deciding factor? Uh, Florida's already going to have Tennessee and LSU back-to-back at the end of their season. 
maybe maybe for for those who uh, are 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 more on the blue and orange side, the Florida side, they they don't see a big big problem with that. I, I think honestly, uh, LSU's in in disarray right now, but I think they'll find something by the end of the season. This is just a team that that was too successful a year ago uh, not to be able to put something uh, together. So I I think Florida's in a spot. I, I think today. Um, Scott Strickland can say whatever he wants. He can say uh, that this isn't a big deal, that we'll see where we're going to get to, and uh, and we don't want to make a decision on next week. But I, I think I think you'll know by this weekend whether next weekend's game against Missouri is going to happen, and then that's when tough conversations got to happen with the Southeastern Conference to say, you know, we don't have any room uh, for, for further delays or postponements. You got to lose one of them. Either we're not going to have the the LSU game at the end of the year, which that's not going to happen. That's a big-time rivalry game for both schools and, quite frankly, a better ratings pool for any TV network. But – or you're going to have to lose the Missouri game. And I think Elijah Drinkwitz says, I like that option. But I I think ultimately uh, that's going to be up to the conference and and, and they'll move forward. But – COVID has definitely impacted the Southeastern Conference huge yesterday. Uh, But Jeremy Pruitt said yesterday, Tennessee hasn't had a positive case in three weeks. So at least one thing's going for us. But, hey, we're going to take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. You're listening to the Thursday Grind. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maribel. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Bob Ray. Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. 
Let me start by saying thanks to the listeners of Blunt County Zone, Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports' morning show, The Grind. Have you been asking yourself if 2020 is ever going to come to an end, if the changes will ever get back to normal? Well, actually, 2020 is going to change one more time here at WKVL. Coming October the 19th, The Grind Sports Morning Show will move to the afternoon. Six to seven will no longer be the start time. We will shift to the afternoon grind, five to six p.m on your afternoon commute home we'll talk hot topics here in blunt county we'll talk big orange sports tennessee sports and also hot topics fresh off the press each and every day again no more six to seven as we shift to the afternoon five to six p.m will be the new grind five to six p.m and we will re-air it 10 to 11 p.m so again coming october 19 5 to 6 p.m the grind goes to the afternoons and we look forward to grinding it out with you on the way home so check it out you don't want to miss it the grind 5 to 6 p.m starting october the 19th are you looking to buy or sell a home in east tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve then call tressa lequire with realty executive associates the market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been take advantage now by calling tressa lequire 865-221-5610 that's 865-221-5610 with 10 years of experience in our local area tressa lequire appreciates all blunt county manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible call tressa lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. 
This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind as we come out of the hot topics of Nick Saban and uh, and Greg Burns testing positive for COVID-19 and Florida's game with LSU being postponed uh, late till later mid-December. Uh, we're going to kick to the Major League Baseball side of things as the ALCS and NLCS are on a gauntlet of a schedule to get us to a World Series. And last night, the Dodgers-Braves kicked things off. And uh, and quickly, uh, I was late to the game, got in at the bottom of the first inning. And uh, to my shock and horror, uh, the Dodgers had scored 11 runs in the first inning. I, I kind of went back and, and trying to figure out how that came to be. Uh, but, but really, uh, it was kind of the same old song and dance. The Dodgers didn't. Didn't get to come back in the ninth inning on Tuesday night and get the comeback win against the Braves, but uh, they uh, they left a little fuel in the tank for their uh, for their first inning against the Bravos as uh, Kyle Wright did not have his uh, his best outing, uh, but uh, they did put eleven runs uh, on the board in the top of the first, be make breaking a major league record uh, for. Runs in a one-half inning in Major League Baseball history, postseason history, and a lot of other histories. Uh, the 11 runs topped the 10-run inning amassed by four other teams, the 2019 St. Louis Cardinals. Again, that was against the Braves also. Uh, the 2002 L.A. Angels, the 1968 Detroit Tigers, and the 1929 Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Cardinals were the only team to score that many in the first inning, doing so in Game 5 of last year's uh, National League Divisional Series that ended the Bravos' season. Uh, Corey Seager got the Dodgers on the board with an opposite field run, scoring double. Uh, Will Smith followed with an RBI double. Uh, Jock Peterson and Edwin Rios, additions to the lineup, uh, went in with back-to-back homers against Kyle Wright, who faced only nine batters. Muncie got up on a, a bases-loaded opportunity, and he cleaned them off with a grand slam uh, and, and really made it, a, uh, made it a blowout first inning. It's a big first inning for us, Seager said, putting it mildly. And he said he started as usual with Mookie Betts uh, getting an infield single that was initially ruled an out. There was a discussion, a review, and an overturned call uh, that, that kind of ignited the Dodgers uh, to get uh, get on on with it. Jock Peterson says, for some reason, that just lit a match in everyone. We were excited and just ran with the momentum. The Dodgers compiled 18 total base hits in that 32-minute top of the first, the most in any inning in postseason history. Their three home runs and five extra base hits tied records for a postseason inning. Ten of their 11 first-inning runs were scored with two outs. Um that's less than ideal. Um, by the third inning, after solo home runs by Seager and Cody Bellinger, it was 13 to nothing. The Dodgers tied a franchise record for runs and set a record for home runs 
in a postseason game. By the fourth, Julio Urias uh, cruising through his start. The Dodgers began uh, removing most of their regulars. By the end of the game, Bellinger, Muncie, and Peterson, three important run producers, uh, had combined to go eight for 14 with three home runs. Uh, When the Dodgers lost game two on Tuesday, it marked only the fifth time all year that they had suffered back-to-back losses. Following those instances, they were they are now five and zero and have outscored their opponents forty-four to fifteen. He said, "We know who we are over here. Uh, we are really we are a really good team. We kind of lost our footing these first two games, but we all know who we are." That's coming from Max Muncie. He said, "We weren't worried about anything, and tonight we went out and showed what we can do." I think I think that's a that's a very honest point by by Muncie, and, but I think I think at the same rate uh, the Braves had a pretty good game. Otherwise, I mean, you give up eleven in the first innings, you lose fifteen to three. So, granted, uh, you, you got to play all nine of them. You got to play all of those innings, but uh, it's fifteen to three. Uh, so, really, in in generalities, you get out of that first inning, it was a four to three game the rest of the way. Granted, the Dodgers still win in that in that scenario, but it's not a blowout. It's not a situation uh, to where you, you know you're getting run out of the the stadium. Honestly, uh, I think the Braves were interested in getting out of that thing about the sixth inning. I mean, when I saw you know Riley was up swinging at stuff he shouldn't be swinging at, uh, there was a lot of different things that that just didn't look very Braves ish uh, in, in that baseball game. But here's my thing. It's like everything else. It's 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 the you know, and you can use any any former fighter that that won a lot and then got punched in the mouth. Uh, you know, this this is a very Ronda Rousey moment. This is a very Mike Tyson moment. Uh, how do you respond to getting beat? The Braves had been six and zero going into that game uh, in the postseason after a long drought of of postseason really. Uh, upsets i mean postseason like appearances but not very much success to be had in the last several years and so the when they went on a tear of six straight wins to start this postseason i I don't think anybody was saying oh this is just how braves play it's how braves can play it's what the talent gives you but again you, you i don't think anyone expected this thing to be undefeated throughout to to go in Basically, what what would that be? That would be to basically go 14, 14 games straight with a you know undefeated in the postseason. You do that, and I'm going to question the the validity of of the 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 competition. But in Arlington, Texas, the Dodgers punch the Braves in the mouth, and how they respond tonight, how they respond for the remainder of this series, because again, the Braves still hold a two one game lead. They've only got to win two where the Dodgers have to win three games. So the Dodgers didn't all of a sudden even this thing up. They didn't all of a sudden do, uh, you know, the unthinkable and, and really flip script. But I will tell you, the, the Dodgers looked the Braves square in the eyes and says, we know who we are. Do you know who you are? And and I think what what happens tonight, how, Bre- you know, how Snitker uh, brings this team together, how he rolls out – uh, this game four lineup, how he how he coaches through really uh, a top of the first inning that no one wants to have is what's going to dictate how this team moves forward because the Bravos are a team good enough to beat the Dodgers. They've shown that two games in a, in, to open this series. 
But in a game three that the, the Dodgers had to win, they got it done. And and that's what what has made the Dodgers a really tough out all season. But, again, Dodgers really in the first three innings score all of their runs. Uh, 11 in the first, one in the second, three in the third, and then four through nine is zeros. Braves, of course, didn't get on the board until the third inning, and then in the bottom of the ninth put two on uh, to kind of, I would say, close the gap, but it didn't close it a whole lot. It just made it uh, somewhat, somewhat, uh, I don't know, a better-looking card, let's just say that. But uh, Seager, uh, he was he was three hits on four at-bats. I mean, he I think he's, he's getting heated up. Uh, of course, Turner had a good night. Uh, Max Muncy, great night. He had a good finish to game two. It just wasn't enough uh, to get him over the hump. And then Cody Bellinger. Uh, Jock Peterson, four of six uh, from the plate. Uh, so so when you have those kind of numbers, it's going to be hard to win a lot of fo- a lot of baseball games. I about said a lot of football games. You can't win a lot of football games if you carry a bat to the field. But anyway, on, on the flip side, uh, I felt like the Braves were a little stagnant. Again, Acuna... Uh, didn't have a lot of ton of opportunities. Uh, Freeman only one. He he got a one hit on his one at bat. Acuna uh, 0 for one. Uh, Ozuna uh, he he was 0 for. Uh, got four plate appearances. Uh, sat down all four times. Uh, Albies one of four. Swanson 0 for. Riley 0 for. Camargo one of four. And uh, and and Patchy uh, one for four. So I. It was kind of a tale of, of two things. The the Dodgers were red hot, and the Braves kind of went cold. Uh, and, and again, you got to give that to the pitching staff uh, there for the Dodgers. Again, Urias, uh, he he went five innings, three hits, uh, and and really was, had a pretty good outing. Uh, Kyle Wright went two thirds of an inning, five hits, seven earned runs. Not not necessarily the place you want to be. And then they really went deep in their bullpen. Dayton, Yanoa, Webb, and Green. Uh, all came up for for the Braves. If you don't know those names, it's good. I don't know those either. But if you do, good for you. Good good for you. But the other game on the on the night uh, was was a little bit of the the same same card. Uh, the the team that was in the lead uh, of the series uh, had to take a loss last night. Tampa Bay had really uh, owned this thing and actually had an opportunity to close last night against the Astros. But Dusty Baker brings the trash throws in and says, "Listen." Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we got to throw the kitchen sink at them and they threw Zach Grinky at them, which is kind of their kitchen sink player. And, uh, and, and they get the win four to three, uh, over, uh, glass now and the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that is maybe the bigger, the bigger upset is the fact that glass now was on the mound and they didn't win. Uh, he's one of their better aces and, and usually gets it done, uh, when he needs to. But if you look at the box score, a uh, 4-3 to three matchup, this one was well more fun to watch. Again, went late into the night, so I didn't see the finale. Uh, but uh, one to nothing, Houston right out of the gate, um, got off and running. Then they get it to 2 to nothing in the third. The Rays even it up in the fourth inning with two runs. And then the, the Astros put two more on in the fifth. And then it's literally grinded out baseball till the top of the ninth. Tampa gets one to draw it close. But then they get the third out for Houston, and it is a game. Four to three, Houston wins. Fins off elimination, but Tampa still leads the series three games to one. I would say uh, tonight, 
I'm going to say give me give me the Rays to close this thing out. I think uh, you know a blind squirrel find a nut every now and again. That's what happened with Houston. Uh, give me uh, Tampa Bay to close tonight, and then on the other side of the card uh, on the Dodgers Braves. I'm going to say this: uh, out of the first three innings, it was the Dodgers. They were well better team. They were probably better coached. They were better prepared, and honestly, they were deeper than the Braves had. But then you get the back six. And the Braves, the Braves took care of business. They they locked things down, got to a better place, and and kind of settled the momentum. So I'm going to take the Braves tonight. I'm going to say the Braves get the win, get a commanding 3-1 lead in this series, and push the pressure back on the Dodgers. I like the Braves. I think tonight they have to win uh, to to keep pace with the Dodgers. If if the Dodgers even this thing back up, uh, I, I don't like where the Braves are sitting. So give me the Bravos, give me the Rays tonight as the gauntlet continues uh, for Major League Baseball. But that's kind of the the tale of the tape as uh, only two series remain as as four teams are trying to get to two to take on this World Series that has been anything but normal. But Tampa Bay leads the series three to one and the Braves lead the series two to one over the Dodgers. Let's take our last break of the day. Uh, Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about what's on the docket for tonight as college and the NFL take the night off. Braves and and Rays have the floor, but uh, a little high school action. A lot of high school action, actually. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to the Thursday Grind. We'll be right back. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maribel. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Bob Ray. Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, 
I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Let me start by saying thanks to the listeners of Blunt County Zone Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports' morning show, The Grind. Have you been asking yourself if 2020 is ever going to come to an end? If the changes will ever get back to normal? Well, actually 2020 is going to change one more time here at WKVL. Coming October the 19th, The Grind Sports Morning Show will move to the afternoon. 6 to 7 will no longer be the start time we will shift to the afternoon grind 5 to 6 p.m on your afternoon commute home we'll talk hot topics here in blunt county we'll talk big orange sports tennessee sports and also hot topics fresh off the press each and every day again no more six to seven as we shift to the afternoon 5 to 6 p.m will be the new grind 5 to 6 p.m and we will re-air it 10 to 11 p.m so again coming october 19 5 to 6 p.m the grind goes to the afternoons and we look forward to grinding it out with you on the way home. So check it out. You don't want to miss it. The Grind, 5 to 6 p.m., starting October the 19th. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee, for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you heard about or seen The Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into The Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download The Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. 
And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday Grind right here on WKVL. If you didn't hear it at the break, starting Monday, Monday, October the 19th, uh, we will move this thing to the afternoon. So if you're on your way to work right now and you maybe just got in the car, maybe maybe you've uh, you've listened the whole time, but uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to, again, all the all the social media options will still be there. It'll still be on Facebook. It'll still be on Twitter. It'll still be on Instagram. It'll still be on SoundCloud, uh, but an Apple Podcast and Google Play Music. But it will start uh, October the nineteenth, being aired live on WKVL and WKVL.com uh, at five to six p.m. I think it's a it's a shift that's going to get us a, a lot more exposure, give us a lot more opportunities to get out in the community, and, and really kind of maybe some better opportunities. Uh, to get some big-time guests on the show. Uh, we've already got a couple lined up. Uh, Coach Tony Iruli is going to come on next week sometime. Uh, I think we've got some other big-time guests. Don't want to don't want to speak their name because we got to get this stuff confirmed. Uh, but I think we've got some opportunities uh, to get out in the community and do some things uh, that, that 6 to 7 really do, did not afford us. So, again, excited about that. And, and, and again, mark your, your calendars. Monday, instead of listening to us on your way to work, uh, listen to us on your way home. So again, five to six p.m. and uh, we'll grind it out each and every day, uh, just the same we do uh, right now. But uh, a little headline news before we go into to the high school games of tonight. Cam Newton comes off the COVID list. Uh, we'll rejoin the Pats on Thursday. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be immediately ready to go uh, this weekend. We'll we'll of course see. I, I think you know, in, in lieu of, of being around people, you can kind of stay in football shape. So we'll see uh, what that looks like for Cam Newton. But expected to rejoin uh, the, the the Patriots and removed from the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, they would put Newton on track to start uh, Sunday at home against the Denver Broncos. We'll see if that actually takes place. Uh, Newton had gone on the reserve on October the 3rd after testing positive. Patriots players returned to the facility Wednesday. After three days off, although they were t- weren't together as a complete group, instead their arrivals were staggered. As the focus was on strength and conditioning, Newton was present at the p- facility, but not uh, with the team and not released. So uh, again, he will get get released today and be able to practice there in Foxborough. Uh, a little bit of a, a you, you know. I think interesting news is there's several teams uh, interested in uh, in Le'Veon Bell. I think uh, I think the dynamic of how he wasn't used uh, there in, uh, in in New York is is probably the 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 driving factor for people saying, well, there's still a lot of tread on the tires because he wasn't used very much, um, you know, in the uh, the 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 in the Jets organization. I don't know what I was trying to say, but uh, that he wasn't used very much. But Bleacher Nation said that Le'Veon Bell is deciding between five teams between yesterday afternoon and today. Bears among them. So we'll see. We'll see what that deal is. Free agent uh, didn't figure out to be on the market long after being released by the Jets. And per reports, he won't be. Uh, We'll see uh, who those other teams are. I think uh, for whatever reason, uh, the Chiefs are on the docket. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a, a little bit uh, of 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 rumors that the the Raiders, Patriots, Dolphins are kind of in the mix. Uh, of course, alongside the Bears, somebody said the Broncos, and I just 
It, it's possible. I, 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 of course, like the Broncos, follow the Broncos. Haven't actually seen it from one of their uh, one of the the sites that I follow. But I will say that uh, I, I know they they like pushing things, and uh, and and they they would be probably interested, but more as a as a uh, uh, a helper of Le'Veon, not necessarily of a taker. Uh, on the table. If I look at those four teams, the other ones, the Bears, Raiders, Patriots, Dolphins, possible Chiefs, um, I don't know. I, I guess I like that. I like the fit um, probably with the Raiders. And, th- and the only reason I say that's because of his mindset. You know, I think he's a, he's a guy that, that could come on the mend. Uh, they could get him with a full head of steam. He wants to prove a little bit of what he can do. And, uh, and I think he can push. I think him with the Patriots – uh, I don't. I don't think Bill Belichick wants that kind of headache. I don't think he's interested in that. Uh, and that just that just that's just my opinion. And I think the Dolphins are a dumpster fire. Why would you go from the Jets to the Dolphins? You talk about out of the frying pan and into the fire. That's a that's a tough sell in, in my book. But uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a combination. Le'Veon Bell's never been the conventional thinker, and what I mean by that is this is the guy who turned his back on ten million dollars so he could release a a, a mixtape. I mean, I'm not saying that his mixtape wasn't important. I'm just saying when your when your uh, your bread and butter, your your money making uh, your your money making um, employment. I was trying to think of a good word that wasn't really mean. Uh, employment is football, and uh, and you need to release a mixtape. I think priorities is a big question, uh, and so I I, uh, I wonder. Uh, the match made in heaven in 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 the in the Jets organization was a, was a dumpster fire from the go. Adam Gaze kind of came in after the deal was made. They asked him about his running back situation. Adam Gaze literally says, "I wouldn't have gave I wouldn't have given Le'Veon that kind of money." <laughs> and from there, uh, I think it equated to about 426 yards of offense. Uh, no, nothing longer than about 15 yards, and uh, Le'Veon exits just shortly thereafter so Le'Veon is uh is on the market again through today uh, I think he's going to get picked up today he, he became a free agent as of 4 p.m yesterday got the offers mulls the deal and uh, I think he'll be signed by the weekend probably be able to play for whoever he signs with uh not this weekend but probably the next weekend I mean he probably could play this weekend but I don't know whether he will uh, the Chiefs, if he goes to the Chiefs, he'll have to split time with, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which might might not be a, a big deal. It's according to where Le'Veon wants to be the feature back or doesn't care to split time again with a running back. Uh, they're, they're, it's usually a, a running back kind of thunder-lightning situation in most scenarios. Uh, with the Bears, he would also be splitting time, so that's a, that's a piece he's got to be, be okay with. Um, but we'll see uh, necessarily uh, who gets the deal. Uh, of course, uh, odds makers at pointsbet.com. Uh, Chicago is uh, – let me see if I'm, I'm reading this right. Yeah, Chicago is the most likely landing spot. Uh, they've actually got Philadelphia and Kansas City in here at plus 550. Uh, Arizona, Buffalo, Pittsburgh is in this. New England's way down there, uh, and then, then so on and so forth. They actually don't even have the Raiders uh, on this mix. But uh, I think I – think, uh, I, I don't know. I think I think Le'Veon needs to get in where he fits in. I, I think it would be good for him to go to a place like Kansas City uh, and, and be kind of a uh, a contributor. Not he doesn't have to be a game player or you know a game breaker. He can be really a contributor. I think that's what what his career needs, what his uh, mindset needs, and what his stock needs. 
as uh, it needs to show that he can do something like that and be a team player. Uh, Chicago would be another place he could do that, uh, but uh, I, I don't see any of these other ones uh, being a really, a really good spot for him if, if that's what he's after in trying to rebuild a brand. Uh, that was once a really strong thing when he left the uh, when he left the Steelers. Uh, tonight in the high school ranks, though, again, want to get this in the last four minutes of the show. Uh, Knox Halls visits Knox Central. Knox Hall sits at four and three. The Red Devils uh, will travel to the Bobcats of Knox Central. They're sitting at six and one. Their lone loss, uh, a a very close uh, loss there, I think, to Powell. So again, a a very good Knox Central team, reigning back-to-back state champions there in 5A. And so Knox Central will host Knox Halls. I go with Central in this matchup. Uh, I think it's an easy pick there as uh, they're at home. They're a really good football team. And even in the one of the better teams in the state, uh, they were able to hold their own. Scott County will travel to Northview Academy. The Highlanders sit at 4-4. Four and four. Northview Academy uh, is 3-5. and five. This is a toss-up as Scott County has more wins, uh, less losses, but, I mean, it's a one kind of deal. Uh, both teams have played Alcoa. Both teams lost Alcoa in, in fairly convincing fashion. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with Northview Academy to kind of balance this thing out. Uh, they will improve to 4-5 and five as Scott County, if I am correct, uh, will fall to 4-5. and five. Austin East travels to Pigeon Forge. Uh, honestly, the game may take less time than it does for them to travel from Austin East to Pigeon Forge. I think Pigeon Forge is a much better football team. They're sitting at 4-2. and two. Austin East is 0-8. Uh, I think the, the Pigeon Forge group uh, will knock down Austin East fairly convincingly and, uh, and send them right back to Austin East. Uh, Another game in in uh, in the area will be the rivalry Thursday game. Knox Catholic sits at three and three. They will host Baylor uh, Baylor School, who comes into the matchup three and two. Uh, Knox Catholic again been on TV a lot this year as they were on ESPN as they took on the uh, the big school from Texas there on ESPN. But uh, the three and three record probably not indicative of their their level of talent, but indicative of a very very tough schedule. So give me Knox Catholic over Baylor. If they if the the Irish should win, they would get beyond 500 and improve to 4 and 3. So again, that one will be on TV Rivalry Thursday. Uh, so check those out uh, in your local listings. But uh, tomorrow, Friday edition of the grind, we'll do pick segments. Uh, we'll go through Friday highlights as far as what games are to be had. We'll talk about these games that happened tonight, kind of the results that were and then look ahead to college football and NFL uh, this weekend, as well as maybe talk about a closed-out ALCS and a very, very tight NLCS matchup, Braves and the Dodgers. But uh, again, a little little side note, uh, next Monday we will go to the afternoons, 5 to 6 p.m. will be our runtime, and then we'll re-air it for those third-shift folks, 10 to 11 p.m. We'll be the only local programming in that in that time slot so pretty excited about that excited about the shift and uh, and again if you're if you're on your grind this morning and not able to catch that later time in the afternoon uh, you don't have to miss it you can catch it on our website thegrindonsports.com click soundcloud and it'll be right there but thursday grind has come to an end as we've talked everything saban and alabama hit by the covid bug florida and lsu game postponed till december 
and Major League Baseball is crazy as we head to the World Series. But we got a couple games left. Going to talk about that tomorrow, but you're listening to the Thursday Grind. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.